0: Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, we are talking about the culture of witnessing. And witnessing, and I want you to look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and let's pray and then we're going to continue through. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for all that you've done. I ask that you would help us now as we study your word, we look at your word. May your word define what the next thing we need to do in our life. And as people... Listen to your word being taught tonight. I ask that you would give them clarity of what their, uh, what their responsibility is with what you've given them. Lord, help us, bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We, would we not all agree that after listening to what we just listened to, that our witness is weak? How, how many would totally agree with that statement right there, our witness is weak? And I think the reason our witness is weak is because we don't understand the gift we've been given. A witness is weak when you don't value the salvation that you have. When you value the day you got saved and you realize what that did to you, what that means in you, that you would have nothing without that day. Everything we have was about that day. Y'all listen to this. I wouldn't even know how to be a husband. As bad as I am, I wouldn't even know how to be a husband without Christ. I I wouldn't know how to do this. I would not even have a home in heaven. And so when I talk about the culture of witnessing, I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to go everywhere. I want it to be part of everything that you do. Gone are the days that we have reduced our witness to a day. Gone needs to be the day that we reduced our witness to an hour. Because what has happened as we have reduced, please listen to these words, I thought carefully about this. As we have reduced it to two hours, we have reduced it to a piece of paper with the word. We used to carry the full Bible, then we went to half a Bible, then we went to a piece of paper with five verses on the back. And that's what's happened to our witness. When I meet people, I'm like, hey, where's your Bible? Well, i got a piece of paper. Where's your Bible? Now, y'all, listen to this. If we are going to be witnesses of what Jesus has done for us, then this is the sword of the Spirit. And I think we need to have one of these in our cars. I think we need to have one of these at school. Have one at your office. Have one in your vehicle. Have one in one, have it. Because this right here should be at your eternal, your, your 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 disposal for the eternity. You say, but Pastor, I got it on my phone. And that's good. I use my phone a lot. But I'll tell you, there's something about that word right there that does wonders for people. But it all comes down to this. We gotta be a witness. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 22. So travel there. Acts chapter 1, verse 22. Beginning from the baptism of John until that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a what? Witness with us of his what? Resurrection. So when you're talking about a witness, the early church, not the beginning of the church because the church did not start in the book of Acts. It started with its founder, Jesus Christ. But at the very beginning, they knew our witness cannot be watered down, listen to this, with third-party hearsay. That's very important. The witness cannot be watered down with somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about. The witness has to be this. Who saw his, who was with us, with the, who witnessed his resurrection, who saw the empty tomb, who saw him alive after many infallible proofs, who, who, who saw it, who has seen this? Because you cannot be a witness of something that you did not see. That is why this, this mockery of impeachment against President Trump from the House was a mockery because it was third party, well, I heard somebody that heard somebody that heard somebody that heard somebody that heard somebody. somebody. Y'all, listen to this. The most powerful thing you and I have is a witness. But a witness of what? A witness of what? And herein lies the problem in Christianity. Herein lies the problem. Jesus, in the day we got saved, we have moved so far away from the day we've got saved that this saving power is not alive in our lives. And because it's not alive in our lives, it's not alive in our witness. You see, if it was alive in our daily lives, it would be natural coming out. Last night, and and I used this, I I did not get permission for this, but I'm going to use it anyways. I was sitting with a friend and we were, we were sitting and we were talking last night and, and, and Brother Hampton walked in. He wasn't the friend. He's not my friend. Uh, but he walked in. And when we got done, we, we, we prayed. I reached across the table and we're in this, this place. And I reached across the table and I grabbed this man and, and we prayed. And I was praying for him. He had his hat off. And when I looked up, there was a girl sitting to my left. And this girl sitting to my left, she kept watching us because I kept talking about Jesus, talking about what he'd done for us, talking about how good he was to us. And this girl just kept watching. The girl just kept watching. When we got up and we left, I, I told the friend and I, I, I hugged him and I said, "Man, I, I said, but I'm going to go back in here. I need, I need to give this girl because I had been a witness, but I had not been a witness. Y'all listen to this. I've got something to witness about. You wanna know why I have something to witness about? Because he's alive. He's alive. And I think when you talk about the reason that that man is bent to get the gospel, you wanna know why? The Savior is alive in his life and he wants the Savior to be alive in everybody else's life. And, And I think that we are retreating. So it's a witness. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 33. In Acts chapter 4, and verse number 33. So I want to develop a culture of witnessing, and, and that's my passion. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said, of, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. Look at this. Look what's fixing to happen. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles what, please? Witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. I find that very amazing. The reason that grace is alive amongst a body of believer and the grace is great is because the witness is great. You see, when we start witnessing that Jesus can save you, Jesus can heal you, it'll be okay, brother. The grace of God is alive. You see, we've confined our witness to one question. And if that one question is answered, I did my part. Oh, no, my friend. The gospel was supposed to be opened up. Sunday morning, got done preaching, and a man met me at the altar, and I'm down here shaking hands and questioning And just asking people talking. And he walked up and he said, you know what the gospel is, don't you? And I was like, good news? He goes, you gave me the gospel this morning and gave me a hug. The gospel is good news. The gospel is Jesus came to save. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to do it all. But we have really... We've sold Jesus short. I'm I'm talking to myself right now. We have sold Jesus short because we have done our duty with the gospel because we just know. We're not done with the gospel until we meet Jesus Christ in heaven. And we are not done with this gospel that covers every bit of everybody's life. It covers a lost soul. And it works its all the way down to the healing of a marriage. I want to be a witness. I want to be a witness of everything that God's done. Now go to John chapter 5 and verse 39. I want you to look at this. John chapter 5 and verse 39. We are to be witnesses. The early church said we can't have anybody in leadership that is not a witness of his resurrection. They've they, they got to be able to be a witness. they got to be able to say this is firsthand. Hey, let me tell you something. Their soul winning, their witnessing went like this. Hey, I am uh, I'm Peter. Out from the church, I want to tell you about something. Not too long. You ever heard about Jesus? Not too long ago, I knew him. I knew him. I saw him do miracles. I watched them arrest him, and um, and I even ran away. I watched him crucify him. They put him in the tomb, and then he got up three days later. That day we went to that tomb. They were a witness. And at some point, you're going to have to take the salvation that you have. Because look at John 5, 39. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have what? Eternal life. And they are they which do what please? Testify of me. The word testify and the word witnesses are the same word. Do you know all I'm doing when I go out is I am testifying Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life? I know it's a simple question, and it gets chuckles, and rightfully so, but how many were there the day that Christ saved you? Raise your hand. Yeah, how many can point to anything that Christ has ever done for you? Raise your hand. How many would agree that the way you got saved and the way I got saved, and what I mean by that is the circumstances around it were totally different? Would you raise your hand? But it was the same Jesus. Would you raise your hand? Yes. Then when is the last time that we told our testimony? When is the last time you said, "Hi, my name's Bob Gray"? Well, well, not that. <laughs> Hi, my name is, and I want to tell you about a day. I'm going to tell you about something. There was a day when I didn't know Christ. There was a day I was lost, hopeless helpless. I was on my way to hell. And then tell them about the day you got saved. And then tell them what Jesus has done for you. What has he done for you? If I had you stand right now and testify, what has Jesus done for you? Could you stand and give me testimony? This is what Jesus has done for me. This is what Jesus means to me. Because when there is that kind of Jesus in your life, then guess what? There will be that kind of witness in your life. Witness is expanding the gospel to every possible level of the Christian life. This is why we don't know where a person is at until we testify of what Jesus did for us and what he can do for them. And ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. You have to take your testimony. What did, where were you when you got saved? What was going on when you trusted Christ? When's the last time you told somebody, hey, here is what Jesus, this is where I was at when I got saved. He did that for you. It doesn't have to be like everybody else's. Everybody else's salvation doesn't have to fit in the same box. And it's not mine to qualify anybody else's salvation. It's not mine to put you in my box. It's mine just to simply tell you what Jesus did for me, and he'll do the same thing for you. Because nobody comes to Jesus without getting born again. And nobody comes to Jesus without him healing something in your life. And nobody comes to Jesus without turning your world upside down down, and all of a sudden, the reason there's a struggle in somebody's life is because they got born again. Because Paul even said, the things I should do, that's what I don't do, and the things I shouldn't do, that's what I do, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me not from the soul or the spirit of this death, but from the body of this death. In my flesh, in me dwelleth no good thing that is in my flesh. So this witness has got to be there. If you'll take a track out of the back of the pew, and uh, I have been waiting to see what the responses are. They have been buried, and they've been a sundry. I have enjoyed the jabs of humor. Uh, my uh, father-in-law uh, kind of got me the other day, and uh, so I said, okay, that's pretty good. Say, Pastor, what model are you following? Who did you talk to? Where are you getting this from? And I just want to hold up the Bible. Okay? So I want to tell you, show you. Go to Genesis chapter 3. I wanted to know about this witness thing. I wanted to know. I, 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 I had to know. God, your redemptive work in mankind. How did you redeem man? And my, my thinking only went back to the manger. And then I was studying the book of Genesis one day. And in the book of Genesis, and please bear with me, so I am this redemptive plan, then this witnessing, and then where do we go from here? The back of that track really is not necessarily what you would think of as a gospel track. It is a church track, and it tells what Emmanuel is all about. It is very important to Emmanuel Baptist that people know Christ as their Savior. It is very important to Emmanuel Baptist that we give everybody the opportunity to take that next step and get baptized for Jesus. It is very important to Emmanuel Baptist that everybody grows spiritually. It is very important to Emmanuel Baptist that everybody has a Bible. Very important to our church that everybody has a church home. Very important to our church that if you have a need, we want to meet that need. Very important that if you need to speak to a pastor, we would love to help you get to a pastor. Very important that if you can't talk to your family about Christ or your friends, let us help you talk to them about Christ. That scan, that little, that little QR tag is me giving the gospel. I'm sitting in my office and I'm giving the gospel. I was convicted that we only were doing gospel work on one level. I want us to mature. I want us to be the kind of believers. So I go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. God's redemptive plan began not with Jesus in the manger, but at the fall of man. So when we go all the way back to the garden, the way God began to redeem man is very interesting, and I think it should be emulated. Look what it says, Genesis 3, 9, man has fallen. First conversation. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, what please? Where, where art thou? You see, when God began to redeem fallen man, he did not come to man and make a statement first. If you will listen to this, you will relax and people, you'll start seeing people come to Christ. You'll start seeing people in church with you. You will start seeing your whole world be revolutionized. He did not start with man by making a statement. He came to man and he said, where you at? You have sinned against an almighty God. Where yad, Adam? He allows Adam to answer in verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So God asked a question, where you at? He allows man to completely answer. A God that already knew. So I'm going to ask you, where are you at? Well, God, I I, I need to tell you that. um, Okay, good, good, good. Now, now let me tell you, God did not do that. God said, where are you at? And he allowed man to say this. "Um, I was, I hid myself, I was afraid because I was naked. Look at verse 11. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? So he asked a question he allowed man to answer, and then he asked man another question. In fact, he asked him two questions that were qualifying questions. Now, please understand this. When this harvest in this world we're witnessing to, and when you start talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this. This is the whole entry. When God went to redeem man, he went to redeem man with a question and then let man answer. And then he took the answer and he said, okay, so, so then let's talk real quick. And now, who told you you were naked? And, and by the way, I got a follow-up question. Did you eat? So look at what he said. He said, did you eat of the tree? Then he allowed man to answer again. Now, this is the problem. This is the right answer for the problems of mankind. I'm just kidding. Look at verse 12. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Then he said, woman, what did you do? And then he allowed woman to answer. Now listen, watch this. He asked a question, answered by Adam, another question by God, answered by Adam, another question by God, answered by Eve. When he trickled all the way down and found out the root of the problem, which was Satan, then mm, he answered the root of the situation. This is why your Bible time and your Bible reading and your time with the Lord and your time in church can not be just wasted time. Listen to this. You've got to know the book. Because when you know the book, then you will be able to take anybody you meet at any level they're at and you'll be able to say, I, I, I got a verse for you. Mrs. Schultz stopped me Sunday, Saturday morning, and Mrs. Schultz took her Bible. And she was telling me about a gentleman, right, a gentleman that you were conversing with. And, and Miss Schultz was employing this right here. Everything I'm talking about, it's almost like she was reading my sermon notes. And, and so she, w- she said, Pastor, I walked all the way through, and I was able to take my Bible, and I was able to go to a verse and I was able to look at this verse and I backed up and I showed him another verse. And she, according to Ms. Schultz's testimony, it was like a light came on. That could be you. Listen to this. I want that to be me. Because when you and I understand that witnessing God's redemptive work has got to take us getting out into the harvest, going to where they're at. Adam didn't go find God. God went and found Adam. God got out there and found him. And y'all we've got to go everywhere them tracks there should be no tracks left where you're sitting at. You should be taking those tracks. I heard from brother Chandler and, and men all over and, and 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 I could just keep going on and on brother Martinez and man I'm, I'm 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 sowing this seed and I'm getting this thing out the tracks and or whatever you want to call those I man get this thing out. And here's what's really crazy about this whole entire thing. It's not confined to one. You're, you're you're trying. I want to be a witness The Lord has saved me. The Lord has done some incredible things for me. And I know that it's got to take this. Go to Romans, if you will, chapter 10, verse 9. God has saved us. God has redeemed us through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's our job. It's our job to get this good news out. And when we get it out, we're going to have to slow down. I don't know what people need until I ask them what they need. That's just as simple as it can be. You know, hey, it's very do you know Christ as your Savior? So Romans chapter 10, we go all the way down. Look, and, and, and we know that in, in Romans chapter 10, confess with your mouth, heart believeth unto righteousness in verse number 10. Whosoever shall believe on him shall not be ashamed. No difference in verse number 12. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look at this, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a what please? Preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our what? Not, listen to this, It's our report. What are you reporting to the lost world? What what am I reporting to the lost world? Do you know what my report is? I was on my way to hell. I, I, Bob Gray II, was on my way to hell. I met the Savior. I want to show you my beautiful wife, my beautiful family. This is what the Savior did for me. Not only did he give me a home in heaven but he has given me everything that I have. And this Savior can do this for you. And I promise you there's a world out here that they're they're just, what is wrong? Why why is things not working? You want to know why? Because you don't have Christ as your Savior. You're searching the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that testify of me. And I'm just going to testify in accordance with the word that this is what the Lord did for me. Do you, do you know why, Brother Hicks, we, we love your testimony? Because it's not our testimony. If I would have jumped in a car and, 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 and stole a car with a woman in it, I'd be part of the prison ministry right now. My luck, I'd jump in the car with the ugliest woman ever and be like, too late, baby, we're already down the road, i got to marry you now. And praise God. Brother Joe, do you know why I love to hear your testimony? Because I wasn't the person getting ready to commit suicide. Do you know why these testimonies stand out? It's because it's a wow factor. Let me tell you something. If Jesus saved you, it's a wow factor. It's a wow factor. And when it becomes wow, like Shazam, I have no idea where that came from, then So the word of God, look at verse number 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. Now if you will, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. So this testimony that I have cannot be without the word of God. Please, listen to this. That Bible you hold in your hand is your Bible biggest sword that you will ever use that the spirit will use my testimony what i am testifying of is based in the word of god says this but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the what please hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now please listen to this. When you start going everywhere and you start telling everybody about this wonderful man named Jesus that did something in your life and did something in my life, listen to this. It will drive you to know the word. How many that in a church you've attended, and I'm not saying this because of me, but any service you've attended, that the preacher preached on something, then the very next day or that week somebody had a question on it? Would you raise your hand? And how many of you like were armed with a scripture, right? And then if you didn't know where the scripture was at, you was like, just go online and listen. You'll, you'll, you'll. How, many, how many are right there with me, right? But guess what? You were witnessing. You were testifying. So Matthew 13, 3. And I'm going to ask you to read the parable of the sower this week. Okay, so Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. Because this is at the heart of witnessing, At the heart of witnessing is this, and we're going to read this. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to what, please? Sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the what? Wayside, right? Verse 5, some fell upon what? Verse number 7, some fell among thorns, but others fell into what? Good ground. Listen to this. When you and I are going everywhere, and we're going to talk about it next week, this culture of witnessing cannot be confined to one day. It cannot be confined to one set of hours to where we clock in and clock out. I'm challenging you, along with myself, that everywhere you go, just be a witness of what Jesus has done you everywhere start using terms of man God's good praise the Lord hallelujah and I'm telling you that you're getting ready to have the time of your life I I, Sherry I told you I was going to do this you know you're sitting there going this is my sister-in-law you don't have to come up here I want you to kind of, are you okay with giving testimony? Too late now. And we're going to end on this. I think it's on. Are we on? Going once. She's kind of hoping it doesn't work. Is it not working? Help me. Uh, The pulpit mic. The pulpit handheld. Going once. Give me one. You got one back there? Sherry, you're not getting out of this auditorium. Just do something, even if it's wrong. You got one? Looks like you're going to have to come up here. Oh, she's going to kill me. I'll tell the story. You want me to tell it? I'm going to tell it the best I can. Oh, thank you, Brother John. God is good. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Miss Tamisha? You're next. <laughs> no, no, you're next. Don't laugh at me. I, I just want you to give testimony about that Sunday night, after church, and what it did for you?
1: Well, it started in the service. Well, it probably started six, eight months ago. I'm with so many people getting saved. And I've been questioning my salvation. But every service, I knew I was saved. I remember accepting Christ. So it's like, what is this burden? Then I went back to being raised in church. I just could not figure it out. I know my walk with God was not what it's supposed to be. And when the Doster's f- friend was here and she gave her testimony, and I was praying that you would just end the service but you said you needed, it needed to be open for a reason. She gave her testimony, and I knew right then. She was brought up in the world, a horrible life. I was brought up in a Christian home, but I chose the world. She chose God, and it just dawned on me, you know, I went to the world for... 15 years, and I came back to the place I knew that would love me and accept me. I've been back since I've had my children, and it just, it dawned on me, I don't have to be perfect, because I keep thinking, well, I'm not good enough to tell someone, because I have baggage, and that service, when she did, she gave her testimony, I thought, I'm just supposed to tell people God will take care of the rest. I may be the first person to talk to them. It may be the fourth or fifth that's going to be able to lead them to God, but I'm just supposed to tell. It doesn't mean I have to lead everyone to the Lord. I just have to be that example. You know, like we want to be an example for our Father or our Heavenly Father. We should be an example for him. He sees all. My my earthly father doesn't. (laughs) Thank thank the Lord. (laughs) But that's where it, it just dawned on me. It's not my salvation. It's my walk and not telling people I don't have to be good enough. I just have to tell them and let the Lord handle it. And I'm not one. I can talk to people within a group, but to talk to people, it's very hard for me. And after that service, we went across the street and just passing, chit-chatting with someone. And the gentleman ended up behind us in line. And he said, are you from, you know, across the street? He said, did y'all change your name to Emmanuel Baptist? Or is that just leftover from Christmas? (laughs) 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 He said it was Emmanuel's God with us. I said, yes, sir, we did change our name. And I know it was the Lord because I had to find a track. And I had pulled him out of the front of me that evening, and I handed him a track. I said, you may not need this. But you may know someone that does. So pass it on if you don't need it.
0: Just be a witness. Y'all listen to this. If I could get you just to understand that when Christ saved you, he gave you such a great gift. And this gift is unsearchable. This gift is inexhaustible. And you may not get it, but just give it. And just let people know, Christ redeemed me. Christ saved me. Your testimonies are powerful testimonies. And I think it needs to get out. Because this is what Christ did for you. And I'll tell you this. If you're sitting here right now, you're either one or two conditions. You're either saved or lost. And if you're saved, start telling people all about it. And you will, you will unlock something in you. If you're sitting here and you just, you got questions, come by and see me. Let's talk. But I promise you this. I don't think we witness enough. I just don't. I just don't. And I, and, I, and, I, and I guess my heart's heavy. Let me tell you why my heart's heavy. Because I realize each and every day how many years I confined my outreach to a day, to a time, confession, And then I said, I put my time in, and that was it. You may not have been like that, but I was, and I made up my mind some time ago, that's not going to be me, and I'm not going to do it because I'm the pastor. I'm going to do it because I'm saved. He saved me. I'm going to tell you right now, the day I trusted Christ, everything went from black and white to color, and I got it, and I understood it, and I've got a joy that exists on the inside. Sometimes to my detriment of getting myself in trouble. Because sometimes you just like do things that's like, praise God. Like a gentleman the other day in the hospital says, um, I, I don't think I'm going to be around very much longer. I said, praise God. <laughs> he goes, what are you excited about? And I said, that I'm in your inheritance. He goes, you're not. I said, I will. And he didn't laugh like you just didn't laugh. And I said, I'm joking. He goes, okay, all right, all right. Do you know something I don't know? You know, let me tell you, there's got to be this joy that exists because this world is sad. How many would agree the world's sad? I'm telling you, be a witness. And I'm going to witness to this fact. I've overstayed my time. But I'm having such a good time at overstaying it.